Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 51 of Beyond the Blade here on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel and also now on the Grandstand Sports Network. I am your co-host, Chad Dedemanesis, and I am the lead writer at the Hockey Writers for the Buffalo Sabres and contributing writer for the fourth period. I'm your other co-host, Bill Shockey, and Chad, it is time for Vegas. Yes, it is Vegas time. That's right. It is finally here. We've talked about it for, I don't know, what, year and a half now, basically? How many ideas wow. and thoughts and all of this fun stuff. And finally here. Here it is. We have protected lists. We have players who are available. And go time. How, how lucky McPhee is to have the job he currently does. <laughs> yes, yes. He's, he's going to have, I think last time I heard, he's going to have 28 of the 30 first-round picks this year. Uh, so. <laughs> I, told, I told you it should have been in Vegas. I don't know why they did Chicago. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be making all the picks anyway, so. Yeah, to put him a chair on the podium, he can just sit up there and make his. So, so do you think he he uh, kind of, like, sits down and goes back up, or does he just go picks 20 through 23 and just, like, kind of rattles them off? I don't know, but what did Boston do? Boston just rattled them off, didn't they? Or no, 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 they won't. Think, They'll pick yeah. one. They'll have the guy come oh, take a picture, pick the next the, one. Yeah, because yeah. it's the first round. Yep. That's yep, why. Yep, that makes sense. Uh, That's a good point. Also, just a side note, McPhee is probably the least excited sounding person when talking about the most exciting job. Probably he, he really is. I'm standing next to him at the combine. Uh, first thing about McPhee, he's actually kind of short. Um, I'm 5'9", he's shorter than me, so I'd say he probably rooms in about 5'7". Um, but yeah, he, um, he has that same, I don't know if I call him monotone, but that same demeanor, uh, I guess, tone. I don't think it's monotone, but that same tone in his voice where he never gets, like, gets too excited about anything. It's just... Every question is like, yeah, 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 yep, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. It's just never really anything like, oh man, like he doesn't. I mean, he's not Tim Murray or anything, so like, I guess the best way to put it. No, but I mean, do <laughs> get a little excited. Yeah. Well, there was that video of him uh, uh, pumping up his team, saying uh, they got the expansion. Let's let's go pick some players, boys, or something like that. So that, that was right. pretty cool. All right. All right. <laughs> So on today's show, episode 51 here, uh, to quickly recap what we're going to talk about. Uh, first things first, we're going to have Nick Guido on from the Hockey Raiders who covers the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we're going to talk with him about the Nathan Beaulieu trade, the Sabres' new defenseman. Uh, get his thoughts on that. Also see exactly what's going on in Montreal because that is an extremely interesting team there in Montreal. Bill Galchenyuk, and they have no defense and no centers right now, and they look like to be uh, – Headed on the way down, but I guess you never know. But at this point, it doesn't look good for those Montreal fans. Interesting is one way to put it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they're something all right. Uh, interesting is, yeah, it's, it's one way. But they're, they're a team that, I mean, man, Nick, Nick had a lot of ifs last year going into, <laughs> into last season. Uh, and luckily, they at least made the playoffs. They got a lot of work to do if they're going to do it again this season. Probably going to be a lot more ifs from Nick here in a little bit. Uh, beyond that, we're going to talk, uh, then get into expansion. We're going to first start with the Sabres, uh, go over who they protected, who's available, uh, what it looks like from a Sabres perspective, a lot of different ways and a few, I don't know, maybe, maybe a small little curveball in there from Bodrill, but, uh, 
We'll talk about that. And then we'll probably end the show talking about staying on the expansion topic, but then looking at players who are available around the league that are unprotected. Uh, some trades have already rumored that are going to be happening. Uh, maybe some ideas or some targets that Sabres can call Vegas about and say, hey, pick this guy, we'll trade you this guy kind of deal. Uh, so we'll have that discussion because there are some really, really intriguing players. Uh, you know, when we talked about this. Look at you, even, Minnesota. Oh, wow. Yeah, Minnesota. Even Florida. I mean, the Islanders. I mean, there's a lot of players the that Blues. are like, right, that there's just no way that player, this guy would be available. I mean, like, I don't know. Did you really think you'd get here and Josh Manson is actually available to be selected? Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, we'll get into it. But, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of players out there that uh, I'd definitely be just checking in at least, seeing, seeing what yeah, it would take. Absolutely. So let's get to the uh, – Let's get to the Sabre side of things at first here, and let's uh, let's bring in Nick and uh, see what he thinks about Bullyu and then exactly what's going on in Montreal, even if maybe he doesn't even know what's going on in Montreal, but let's find out here. All right, so with us now, we have Nick Guido, who's a contributing writer at the Hockey Writers for the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we've had Nick on before. We brought him in again uh, with the Nathan Bullyu trade to get his thoughts on Bullyu and exactly what is going on in Montreal, because Bill and I have a lot of questions about that beyond Bullyu, but... Uh, Nick, man, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me. We'll start with the first question. Um, we talked about Bullyu kind of ironically at the beginning of last season, mm-hmm. uh, but if you can refresh some of our listeners who maybe didn't hear that, what kind of players should the Sabres be expecting to get here? I think the Sabres are getting an exciting young player. I think the Hobbs were squeezed by the expansion draft, and Jordy Ben kind of, I guess, unexpectedly outplayed him uh, to the tail end of the season. It just by the way of, uh, I don't know if it had something to do with Terrian's coaching, changing over to Julian, but Bullyu was was in and out of the lineup as the year went on, and he was actually scratched for their last game of the year in the playoffs. So you could kind of tell from that point on that he was most likely going to be traded before the expansion draft. But I like Bullyu. He brings he brings a nice offensive element to uh, to the back end, and I think the Sabres could really use that, and they're, they're hurting for defensemen, and I think this is a good move for them, low risk, to give up only a third-round pick. I think it's a good first move by the new GM, uh, Jason Botterill. Yeah, I mean, like you said, young guy, low pick, low risk. Um, at the beginning of the last season, though, you know, he started with Weber, then uh, healthy scratch at the end, like you said. You mentioned the coaching change. Anything else that went wrong or kind of what happened throughout the season? I I honestly think, too, it's stuff off the ice. I think that Bullyu's the kind of guy that that could get caught up in the party scene of Montreal or get caught up in kind of what else Montreal brings. And I think that maybe shifting to Buffalo kind of – it would kind of uh, discourage him from, from doing any kind of <laughs> crazy extracurriculars that he might get into in Montreal and Galchenyuk is rumored to have the same issues it's it's kind of well known so it's just it could be a uh, kind of a crazy life for a young player in Montreal and you just have to learn how to handle it so I think this is this will be a nice fresh start for him he'll refocus and I think he'll be he'll be just fine in Buffalo so I, I don't I think well we don't know exactly what happened with Terry and players and all that but I think that probably hurt him a little bit in his development and it's no secret the Habs aren't that good at developing young players because <laughs> you really don't have any left <laughs> so um so I think I think just this this fresh start will be good for him and I think the Sabres should be excited 
So from a Montreal perspective, I guess I probably know your answer. I'm going to ask anyways, I mean, do you think this is a bad trade for Montreal? I mean, his value appeared to be low. We're only getting a third round pick for a guy that was a first round pick, albeit five years ago. But what's your thoughts from the Montreal side of you on this? I think the optics are definitely awful to uh, like you had a couple years back when Jared Tenorti was traded for Victor Bartley and John Scott. You had, you had like, that's two first round defensemen that were basically traded away for Victor Bartley, John Scott, and a third round pick. It's, it's pretty ridiculous to see how, how badly the Canadians have, have developed their young players. And you only have a couple guys that have come out of the system. Um, rarely any prospects out of the uh, Lefebvre Bergevin era. So it's it's just I think it's sad I think that they hold on to their prospects too long or their players too long until their value just diminishes and a team like Buffalo can just come in and say hey we have a spot for you come in here and we'll give you a new opportunity and you know give you a chance to thrive so I think optically it looks bad for the Canadians and I think it's it's hard to believe that that he fell so low that you could only salvage a third round pick for a potential four spot offensive defenseman a young offensive defenseman at that so it, it I don't think it was like I, I get the fact that you needed to unload them or else Vegas would have probably taken them for nothing but you you it was a bad spot bad spot to uh to trade them now it should have been if you knew at this point it should have been something at the deadline or even in the offseason last year if you knew it was going to kind of go down this road so so it's uh it didn't look too good for the Canadians so uh Speaking of young prospects and Montreal getting rid of them, <laughs> how do you feel about the Drew and Sergachev's trade? I I actually I, I do like it. I I think Drewin's gonna gonna bring some much needed offense to the Canadians, and I think Sergachev. Bergevin always says you have to give to get, and you do have to give to get. And I'm actually very surprised he gave what he gave to get Drewin, but. Essentially, he looks at it as Druin's still a prospect, so he can kind of get away with explaining that, okay, we traded our top prospect for essentially another prospect, even though he's a couple years older. He still has six years of control on him now. So um, I, 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 I like Sergeyev. I think he played well at the Memorial Cup. He played well in the second part of the OHL season this year. The first part, he kind of struggled a little bit, but that could probably be attributed to his time with the big club and getting adjusted back to Windsor. But... I think the trade will benefit both teams. Tampa's looking for defense when they needed to unload an RFA and the Habs wanted Druin and they, they paid up and I think it'll be good for both teams, but I'm excited to see what Druin can bring to the Habs for sure. So do you think so his are, eyes just get ahead, really, I was just going to say, do you think his eyes get really big when he hears who's on the market and he goes, who? And then he just like kind of pulls the trigger. Yeah, I, I, I do. Because, yeah. It's, it's, it's like, I'm not going to trade you. I'm not going to trade you. Yeah. I'm trading you. So <laughs> it's, it's really expect the unexpected as he says, and, and some ways it'll work out in some ways it won't. And he hasn't been able to acquire quality top six forwards in his time in Montreal over five years. I don't, I don't really care what anybody says about that. It's just been Radulov and that's it. And now he's, he has to sign Radulov. He has, so he has a job to do there. So really you break it down to Drew and, and Radulov and that's about it over five years. So He's, he's got a lot of work to do, and I, we don't know exactly where Druin's going to play because, as you guys might know, we need two centermen still. So, <laughs> um, so I guess we'll just see what happens. He just he sees an opportunity in that way to get a French-Canadian, and 
he does it. So, I, I mean, I like it for the Canadians, but he's got a lot of work to do. So speaking of centers, uh, that brings up Alex Galchenyuk <laughs> here. And I mean, what, what's the move with him? There's a lot of talk about him being traded last week. Now there's talk that they're back in extension talks. But I mean, I, I don't know that Galchenyuk's the last big piece left. No. I mean, Nick, they only have one defenseman basically at this point. I mean, what, what, what are they going to do here with Galchenyuk? Are they going to try to keep him and play with no defense or use him for a defenseman? <laughs> the, pro- the problem is with Galchenyuk, you trade him and you just create a hole while you try and right. fill the hole. But he's your best chip. So you need to find a way to maximize his value if you are going to trade him and somehow get a defenseman and a centerman in some way. I don't like your first round pick. You have, you have five picks in the first three rounds this year. So he has some ammo there. But I mean, the prospect covered is pretty bare as well, too. So you have to read <laughs> that at some point. But I think with Galchenyuk, it's been Tarian, Julian, the U, U23, the World Cup of Hockey. They've all overlooked Galchenyuk as a centerman. They've overlooked Galchenyuk as one of the true elite young players in the league. So I, I think it might be more than a coaching thing now. It might be more if he kind of has to figure out himself what he is. And the Canadians just really don't have time for that now. Whether it, and It's not all on him. It's all – it's it's – the Canadians have to shoulder some of the load here. Like, like I said about developing prospects, it's just, they don't know how to do it. I don't know what it is, but it's just been, it's been brutal over the last couple of years. And now it looks like if they, they obviously didn't trade him, but if they are going to trade him, they might even sign him first and see how that works out. But, um, and see if the deal comes uh, down the pipe, maybe in another week or two and uh, just kind of secure him under contract. But I think if he stays with the Hobbs, he's got to play center. There's no way he can stick him on the wing. And it might end up being a Drew Galchenyuk 1-2 center, center ice, if they keep those players. So that, that would be much better than what it looks like they're going to go into next season as of right now. So, You think Drew can play center? A lot of scouts actually think he can play center because he likes to roam and he likes to – he's a playmaker more than he is uh, anything else. And he can – he can score, but he likes to he likes to deliver the puck. So I honestly think that they might try him at center. And if he has a winger in Radulov or a winger in Pacioretty, it, you never know what can happen. But, I mean, at this point, I don't see how he can get two centermen this offseason on top of getting another defenseman. It's just there's too many holes to fill. So I guess to put a bow on all this, do <laughs> – do you have any idea what Mark Bergevin's plan is? Does anyone know what his plan is? Does Bergevin even know what his plan is? I mean, like Bill said, it's last year was, oh, look, I can get Shea Weber. This year was, oh, look, yeah. I can get Jonathan Drouin. And then now you have no defenseman, basically. And if Vegas takes a defenseman, then you're even down other defensemen. And your biggest piece is a centerman that you need a center. So if you're moving a defenseman, then you have no centers. And it's like, then he has no prospects in the system. Just seems like it's, this is all snowballing to a January yeah. effect, this guy not having a job. No, absolutely. And and this is his last ditch effort to keeping his job. And I, I, I've said that for, I don't know how long now, this is the year he's got to go all out and, and figure it out because Vegas is probably going to take Brandon Davidson, the, the defenseman they got in the DeHarnay trade from Edmonton, or they're taking Charles Houdon, who is a, a center prospect that's been second and third in AHL scoring the last two, three seasons. <laughs> and Bergevin just hasn't brought him up <laughs> and it's it's left a lot of people thinking well, what's wrong with this guy if, if like he's he's scoring and the Habs don't have scoring but 
he decides to go get Steve Ott and Dwight King at the deadline and leave him on in the minors. So if Vegas picks him up, then your forward prospects are really, really, really shallow. So to answer your question, I don't even, I don't know if he has a set plan or if he's just going to kind of see how the expansion drop goes and just kind of adjust on the fly because he really needs to do something to save his job beyond this season. Because really, if let's say they have another first first round exit next year he's not gonna have a job and the Canadians are gonna be left with a few options but to blow it up I mean if they go into the season with this roster currently as constructed even without Radulov I don't know I mean they're in my opinion that's not a playoff team you have no defense you have no scoring and you're painting everything on poor Carey Price back there Exactly, and and they still haven't figured out the carry price doesn't score goals. They haven't figured that out, <laughs> and it's it's just they think that he can solve all their problems. And now with Price needing a new contract after next season, it's like how many teams have won the cup with a goalie making eight nine million dollars a year, and mm-hmm. he's making what he's making now, and they still have all these holes. So if you add another two three million to his contract, where are you getting this money to sign all these players to trade for these players? So it. <laughs> He he better have a plan. <laughs> yeah, I mean the problem is when you have a a goalie making that much. <clears throat> the way you do it is you draft well and you bring up the prospects and they play for cheap. And that's right. He hasn't done that either. So well, there's there's really only a few guys that he could call up from the minors that would even entertain third and fourth line roles as of now. And that's and that's how teams do it. Like look at Pittsburgh. All these guys are making between six hundred nine hundred thousand. And and yeah. look at them. So. It's it's just the way the team's constructed is it's flawed and and it's uh, it's just kind of sad it's gotten to this point. Well, well, thanks for making us here in Buffalo feel pretty good. <laughs> at, <laughs> at, least, at least ship for, up there in Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> at least for this segment, right? Trouble elsewhere. <laughs> uh, so Nick Guido of the Hockey Writers giving us some insight on the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, as a contributing writer for the Hockey Writers, you can follow him on Twitter at Nick Guido, THW. Uh, he really knows the stuff about Montreal. He's plugged in pretty well, so I recommend you follow him and check out his stuff on the Hockey Writers. Uh, Nick, ma'am, thanks for coming on. Um, I'm sure we'll talk him before the season, especially being a guy who covers the division. And um, I don't know, maybe we'll call you a few times, talk about how bull you're doing or how Druin's doing and how you have no defense up there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, guys. Thanks for having me on. All right, welcome back to episode 51 of Beyond the Blade here on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel and Grandstand Sports Network. Uh, so, Bill, Nick doesn't appear to really know what's going on in Montreal either. <laughs> no, it's uh, – I think the Riddler is going to be the new mascot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, a lot of question marks. I just – I will say this. I mean, the trade, I, I, I like it for both teams, um, for Tampa Bay and Montreal. But I will say sitting here in Buffalo – I kind of like it too. Uh, you're taking uh, Tampa Bay, who's a very high-powered offense, and you had to worry about, you know, Johnson and Stamkos and Druin, and now you don't have to worry about Druin. Uh, one less guy you kind of worry about in the offense. And Montreal's they're a struggling offensive team as it is. So, I mean, Druin's obviously going to help, but with all the gaps they have, how much is he actually going to help? 
So uh, I don't know that I'd hate it, at least from the Sabres standpoint inside the division. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. And I mean, like we talked about right now, they have Shea Weber, who's I think almost 33 years old. And then behind him is Emelin, and that's really it. So bring Markov back at 37 or whatever old he is. I mean, that is a very old defense that can be taken advantage of with some speedy forwards, especially the Atlantic division, who is a lot of teams that play with speed. So that does not bode well for Carey Price or Montreal. Yeah, I'd look for teams like probably Toronto and Tampa Bay to probably go four and zero against Montreal unless they do something crazy here. So they're going to have trouble. Yeah, that's yeah, and that hey, that's good things for us. Like I said, to Nick, looks like it's a sinking ship up there, and um, that means there's one more spot available in that playoff top three. But not all the Sabers ready for that next year. We'll have to see about that. But um, beyond that, we'll move into our expansion talk here. Uh, so quickly for those of you who maybe been living under a rock and don't know, uh, the protected list came out yesterday. The Sabers went with the seven three one seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goaltender. Uh, the seven forwards were Ryan O'Reilly, Vander Kane, Tyler Ennis, interesting, Zemgis Gjorgensen, Johan Larson, Marcus Foligno, Kyle Akoso. Three defenders were Risto Linen, McCabe, Bolu, and then, as expected, the goaltender is Robin Leonard, which left big guys un- unprotected, like Molson, Bogosian, who were expected, Linus Olmark, Justin Falk, and maybe the surprise here, Will Carrier, unprotected. Your boy. Yeah. Your boy. Yeah. Your Boy's left I pumped his tires all last year, and then for all in, now he just he could be gone. <laughs> now you get to pump his tires all the way to Vegas. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's curious. I, uh, I mean, I guess if you leave all the you know the big contracts unprotected, Almerk's kind of the easy choice. Uh, to that though, I will say you know they're already taking Flurry. Mrazek was unprotected, which I'm sure we'll get to in segment three. And I mean, they, there's other guys like Ranta and there's, there's quite a few good goalies out there. So, I mean, unless Vegas goes crazy and takes more goalies than three, uh, Almark is curious. I, I will say the only way it, it makes sense is if you basically know Peterson isn't coming. Uh, if Almark goes too, you're looking pretty weak at goalie. Um, but I mean, you got Leonard. So, and I know a few people aren't going to, you know, want to hear that, but, but uh, I mean, he's a young goalie. He's, he's good. He's good. And uh, you got at least, I would imagine if you do the bridge deal two, three years to figure something out. Um, I don't know. It's, it's curious for me. Yeah. I mean, my, my initial reaction was, you know, I, I kind of put it on Twitter is if this is really, if this is being done to protect Allmark, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm trying to think of the right words here about Allmark. I'm trying to tread carefully in the water and about to dip my toe into. He's he's a promising prospect. I mean, I'll, I'll say that. But there's just things that, and I was really high on him before he came here when he initially first came here and you know got to play NHL games right away. But the thing that concerns me is he hasn't improved on things that struggled in year one. He still flops all over the place. He's yep bad positioning he overplays the puck he goes down too early a lot he's just you know yeah sure he's better side to side than Robin Leonard is okay but he's not as good positionally sound and yeah he's a young goaltender some goaltenders take a while to mature and understand those things just I'm not seeing that improvement and AHL you can get away with that 
NHL, people are going to scout that hard and go, we're just going to have this guy overplay the puck all day and have backdoor tap-ins. Yeah, yeah just, just shoot the puck wide. Right. The point. Exactly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch many Rochester Americans games last year. Uh, I did catch a couple with their MSG. And like you said, it's I saw points where he's just five feet out of the crease. Or he's, he's you know, he's, He's making a diving save, and, and like you said, in the AHL, you can get away with it. Maybe the shot goes wide or it gets blocked. Um, but, man, if you're out of position for five to ten seconds, you're going to find a way in the back of the net in the NHL. So, I mean, it has me worried. Uh, again, I guess I, I can kind of see it just because the prospect's not there. And right. if – I think maybe it shows that maybe, one, that Peterson is definitely not coming, and, two, that maybe he – I mean, the rumors are out there. Maybe he just doesn't like Leonard. Uh, and if that's the case, I mean, I don't know what he's doing at goalie. <laughs> I'll yeah, say that much. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, it, it, and yeah, it, it, I, I think that he keeps Leonard, even though all these rumors are out there. I still think that gets done. I mean, I just, I, I don't know how you don't. Like, right. Like, like we've been nothing. talking about all offseason, is you're just making yourself a bigger problem if you don't. Exactly. I mean, it's, it doesn't hurt you to go to your deal. There you go, trade him next year. And right. Exactly. Yeah. It's one year. You can trade him. Uh, I mean, there are other goalies out there, so we can get into that, I guess, too, in segment three. Maybe maybe they go for a guy like Mrazek. I don't know how that works. but um, I mean, the, again, the part of that is you're giving up assets for how much of an improvement, a minimal improvement maybe, maybe, or even the same, or if not, maybe even worse. Right, right, yeah. And, and how much are you getting for Leonard if you move him because you gave him first yep. to get him. I know it wasn't you that did, but – that's, I mean, the Sabres did as a team. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's curious. Cause I, again, it goes back to that argument of if you're not getting a guy like Carey Price, how different are they? So exactly. I, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure here. Um, I will say the thing for Carey that, that kind of, I want to say upsets me because, yeah, he's a third, fourth line guy. Um, but I, I feel like he would have fit well with what they're trying to do. He's, he's fast. He's big body. He's going to go get the puck. Uh, and he's going to play that aggressive hockey. So He seems like really, a bottom guy in the, in the bottom six. Right, yeah, exactly. And, and I was kind of – like I said, I, I was unsure on Carrier. Uh, you obviously were high coming out of training camp, um, and I wasn't quite sure about him. But, I mean, seeing him through the whatever 40 – obviously over 40 games he played, um, I was excited to see what he would be in a full-time role in, like, the third line. Uh, and now we might not be able to see that, which is it's a little disconcerting. And, and yeah, we have other prospects that can come up and play that spot, but I feel like Kerry right. proved they can do it. I mean, he wasn't putting up as many points as he would have liked, but if you're on a third, fourth role, I mean, how much are you, you really you know, wanting to get? Uh, I guess the other thing that, that is not Botterill's fault, but kind of curious is you, you, he got hurt at the end of the year. You didn't have to play in those last couple of games. You could have avoided this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's different. <laughs> Think about that, though. It's, it's a different management group, you know. Tim Murray probably thought he had no idea, he had no plan at all to expose him in expansion, and true, true. now we have a different general manager here. There's a, a different feel on it, you know. It's well, it's, you know, yeah, too. It, it it goes back to maybe what that, um, not gift, but favor was. Owed. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe, maybe that's still there. You know, I mean. That trade was made with the Sabres. You know, Pagula was here when that Kessler deal was done. So maybe that they still cash that in somehow. And I, I don't know, maybe that comes in the form of Molson or Bogosian going to 
Vegas somehow. I, I, we don't know. I mean, that, that could happen outside of the expansion part of it. Uh, but on Carrier, you know, it, I, I don't, again, I don't want to make a huge deal about, you know, a guy who is a third line guy. I mean, yeah, he's replaceable, sir. But I mean, he had five goals in 41 games. You put that over a full season, that that's 10 goals. That's, that's his first season in the NHL. Could he be a 10 to 15 goal guy in your third line? I don't know. Maybe possibly, you know I mean? I those guys, so. those guys don't grow on trees. I mean, he could skate. He, he showed flashes of skill. I mean, not all the time, but he showed it. Uh, he's not afraid to hit, go in the corners. I mean, that's just where I thought he fit as a bottle third line guy. I think he's a guy he would have liked to have in Pittsburgh and play the third line or fourth line in Pittsburgh. You know, that's, that's what you need in today's NHL. You need those guys, you know, everyone used to say a top six. Well, now it, it sounds like a top nine is what today's NHL is, you know, and you need those guys who can play. But it's replaceable, sure. I mean – you have Baptiste, you have Bailey, uh, but I mean, those are two guys that right now you would say the way, I mean, you guys want to count Nylander too, but the way that Badro op- operates, and those guys are going to start in the minors next year. So now you're <laughs> you're already thin at wing. You're talking about moving Evander Kane. You're going to lose Carrier. Like, it starts to build up here. Like, well, how are you going to replace these guys? I mean, yeah. sure, you can go sign Nick Benino, like we talked about a couple of times, but that, that's a center. That's one guy. I don't know, move Gergensen's the wing and maybe he stays with Larson. And then I don't know, am I going to watch Nick Delorier play 60, 70 games again? You know, it's, am I going to have Matt Molson running on the fourth line? It's just, it's frustrating. You know, it's not, I, I would rather have Carrier here over those guys. And, you know, maybe this is, they really have to protect Allmark and this was the deal. This was, we're going to find, we'll lay off Allmark, but we want Carrier. Or maybe we'll lay off of Allmark, but we want Carrier and we'll take, a second round pick for Molson or something. I, I don't know. We, we don't know what the deal is. We don't, we don't right. know. Yeah. I, I, the last thing for me on Carrier would be that the thing is that he is a third or fourth line guy, but he has the speed to fill in on a second line. If somebody's hurt for absolutely a week, yep. or a couple games, uh, he's, he's, he's not, not like Matt Molson you. where he's not going to be able to keep up with the game, the speed of the game or even Felino. And I mean, yep. Felino is another really good third line player, but, he just doesn't have that speed to keep up with Eichel, and not that Kerry has that speed. No one really does, but I mean, at least yeah. he's gonna he's gonna be there sooner than a lot yeah. of those other guys. So, for me, that's kind of why Kerry um, going down or potentially being lost uh, could sting a little bit. But I mean, I will say this: he, he did talk a lot about development, but I kind of want to raise that question of even though he brought up that development. I don't know that he's afraid to play young guys. I mean, look at kind of what Pittsburgh no, not last year. It. Right. That's what I mean. So I'm, I'm just thinking that like everyone's assuming now that you have Beaulieu is, is that Gooley is automatically down next year. And yeah, it could be the case. And you could just start in the HL, but if it's George's or, or Gooley, am, am I really, you know, maybe if I'm Housley, do I, who do I yeah. want? You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's just like, I wonder how much the, the development factor actually, you know, weighs here, especially guys like Bailey and Baptiste who, who've played a full year down. Um, maybe, yeah, if, if you have the room and you're not, you know, trying to win, I guess. Um, <laughs> you, you keep those guys down for another year. But uh, if you're going to be coming in trying to play an aggressive five-man attack, you know, fast hockey, I don't see how you don't have those guys up. So the other intriguing part, about the protection unprotection list is Tyler Ennis. Tyler Ennis was protected. I guess maybe you kind of had to protect somebody if not protecting Carrier. Mm-hmm. But do you think this can mean a lot of people expected Ennis to be gone or bought out? 
you think this might mean he actually has a chance to stick around at least another season here? I mean, I'll say this. Uh, for the protection, I think you just had to protect somebody. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of why his name is there. Uh, but with that being said, I, I do think it does mean that, you know, maybe he's got a shot. He he didn't really get injured last year, and that's obviously the biggest issue. I, I, obviously, he didn't really look like himself for a lot of the uh, season last year. I mean, but, he had that groin uh, thing, but classes. no concussions. Right, right. That's what yeah. I meant yeah. for the most part. So, I, I mean, he did – he showed flashes of it, so maybe if you're bringing in a guy like Housley and you're playing, obviously, way more of an Ennis-style type of uh, offense, not really like a chip and chase. Right, uh, north soft game. Yeah, more of a, a speed attacking kind of uh, offense. Um, yeah, Ennis can fit that. Uh, I would say the problem might be that the Tyler Ennis of the good old days, if you will, uh, is not as fast in this league as he was. Right. Um, so when you got guys coming up like McDavid and Druin and, and McKinnon and all these younger guys that are, are all fast, uh, Ennis really isn't, you know, top tier fast anymore. But he does still have the hands. He has the skill to kind of succeed uh, if he can kind of get his game back, uh, fill in a p- couple of pieces around him. And then, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting big things from him, but I think you can at least get something out of him for, you know, for what for what we would need for a guy like Tyler Lance. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you know me. I, I, I've been on the Ennis train last year that he could rebound, and obviously he didn't. Uh, I mean, he's, he's a 20-goal guy his whole career, and I thought the concussions maybe knocked him off of that. But, you know, there was times he you saw flash, like you said, where he was that guy who had that speed, who had that skill. Like, oh, there's Tyler Ennis. Look at that nice move he made. And But and there's other times that you're like, oh, did Tyler Ennis even play tonight? And, you know, it's yeah. – Maybe he fell into the Bilesma doghouse and he was one of the guys that, you know, didn't like what Bilesma was doing, like many of the guys in that room. And, you know, that's kind of what hurt him. You know, maybe the same could be said for a guy like Jurgensen's who, you know, Bodril maybe thinks could rebound under Housley. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's four and a half million dollars that he's owed the cap hit. And today's NHL, that's not really a lot of money. So, and plus, I mean, you, you got to feel the team. You know, if you're going to move out of Andrew Kane, you're going to lose Carrier. I mean, you got to have wingers here somewhere, you know. So maybe he thinks Tyler Ennis can step up into a bigger role if given that opportunity. Uh, we never really saw him play with Eichel last year. Maybe that's a guy I always said he could fit with. Maybe Botterill and Howlesley want to try that out. Um, or maybe they think he can have a good 50 games and move him at the deadline. Yeah, there's that too. There's absolutely that aspect of it too. Uh and again, I mean, <laughs> this expansion thing could end, and he could be bought out in a week. I mean, it, it, it really it, you don't know. Uh, but I would, I think it's at least promising for Ennis and his future here. Uh, he likes being here. He's been here a long time. Um, I'm not necessarily opposed to giving him the opportunity to show if he can regain his form. He's only 27 years old. Uh, he now like he's. It's too slow, like Molson or Delory or guys like that who can't keep up anymore. He has that speed. He has the skill. It's just – it's getting to those areas, and I think it's finishing. And, you know, again, yeah, I keep coming back to it. You know, yeah, he didn't have concussions last year, but he had the groin. Maybe that affected his legs. You know, I, I would like to get a view of Tyler Rennes, you know, at full health. Maybe an offseason of getting ready and getting healthy and committing yourself and being in shape can 
he can get that speed back that we saw. Maybe he can be near, maybe not this fast guy on the ice, but he can be near that high end speed again. Um, it's a lot of ifs, but again, it's having Tyler Ennis around next year is not as depressing as having Matt Molson sticking around for sure. That's for sure. I'll never disagree with that, but uh, <laughs> <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong though. At, at the end of last season, Ennis did start taking the puck to the net again. Yes. Um, so, I mean, maybe it's a good sign of things to come. Maybe you just, you know, concussions are a scary thing. And maybe it takes a little bit to, to get that confidence to, okay, I'm going to take this and that. If I get rocked, maybe I'll get right back up. Um, right. And maybe, you know, doing that a couple times will give you that confidence again. Uh, it seems like you tried it more at the end of the season. We'll see. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's as yep. far as I'll go on Tyler Ennis. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. So, we mentioned him. Um, I quickly want to touch on Molson and Bogosian. Uh, maybe not Bogosian as much because – I think that was more of a long shot that they would take him. Um, but maybe we'll focus on Molson here. Bogosian's my Tyler Ennis. Okay. I, 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 I kind of want to see him in this offense. Uh, With so, Housley coaching, yeah. Yeah, I think he's an offensive guy that was parked in front of the net for a lot of last year and out his game. So we'll see. Again. Yeah, but, <laughs> there's a lot of those full seats we're talking about here, Bill. It's making me a little nervous. I mean, we don't got to win next season, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Next season is for the Wilsties. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> speaking of more depressing things, <laughs> Molson, uh, it's, it's maybe becoming more <laughs> – I'll say this. It's getting closer to reality that he's going to be here again next season. We're getting near the end here in expansion. We could be surprised and he gets picked by Vegas and there's some sort of side deal or he's traded later. But – I haven't really heard that unless Bottero's really playing this one close to the chest and he hasn't got out, which is possible. I mean, you haven't heard a lot of anything from Buffalo, to be honest. Right. You never heard anything about Bolu, and then bam, there he is. You know, so I mean, that, that's very possible. Uh, but I, I'll say this at the very least is I'm starting to get a little bit nervous about that being a reality. Um, you know, those people on Twitter told me that they would trade the Sabres first round pick to get rid of them. I'm not that desperate. I'm not moving eighth overall to dump Matt Molson. Worst case scenario, I'll shove him in the fourth line and hope he can bank me some power play two goals again and, you know, or I'll bury him in Rochester. I don't know. I'll figure something out. But I'm certainly not trading eighth overall and I can get a top ten pick to just dump his salary on his two more years left on it. No, I'd give up a second, uh, yeah. but not a first. Yep. Um, I, <laughs> I would say uh, any kind of person who's trying to – salvage a Matt Molson career uh beware <laughs> yeah. that, I mean he scored a lot of those goals in the first unit when there was injuries yes, uh, he's not scoring any on the second I don't think um especially with a guy like Kane gone I mean that, that, was, that was a Vander Keen's power play unit I mean now it's <laughs> it, I mean it was, it was, it was all right Gianta Molson Kane go yeah. go shoot 10 times Kane and see if you can score once from the yeah. half boards but uh I mean if he goes I'm assuming there will be other pieces coming in to kind of fill out that second unit. Uh, maybe it's like a, you know, an NS or Benino or, or something, but uh, yeah, I just, if I got to see another, another full season of Matt Molson, <laughs> at, at least, at least to what you said, hopefully it's on the fourth line this time and yeah. it doesn't creep up into my other top lines, but I, I mean, you hit it on the head speed of depressing. I just, 
I don't know what to do with him anymore. I, I've kind of, you know, beat the dead horse, I guess, if you will, yeah. many times over the last year. And I don't know how much more I need to talk about it. I, I really hope, I think you're right, that it's going to be that point where I am starting to get a little nervous. But I, I'm hanging on. I'm hanging on to <laughs> the, the dumbest rumors you can hear about godfathers and long yeah. hair and Vegas <laughs> and gambling whatever whatever rumor you want to throw my way i'll listen to it yeah. because uh at this point i i will definitely give up even that washington third that that second second yeah i'm willing to move either of those to get him off my roster at this point because i just it's just it's another reason to play him over somebody else who's going to give you more you know production or at least more speed or more you know uh the, that ability to make a big play and, and he just doesn't have it anymore no, no. I mean, it, I mean, if the NHL was playing a game of post, then, then maybe. <laughs> yeah, he's really good at that. Uh, yeah, it it's unfortunate. You know, because, I mean, I guess the thing is this whole time we're going in here thinking like, man, we can really get rid of ourselves rid of Matt Wilson here. And, yeah, sure, you know, we'll just give him a draft pick. And, yeah, that'll, that'll go. And then you're like, oh, wait, teams are giving up first-round draft picks to dump contracts? I don't want to play in that, in that field. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you want to kind of round off the Sabres part of this expansion talk, um, I will say this, and I guess this is, is the last thing again on Carrier is you're you're not losing a Vodnin, you're not losing a Dumba, you're not losing a Laterra or somebody right. like that. Um, so would it hurt to lose Carrier a little bit? But you're not losing a guy like some of these teams are potentially losing. So right. uh, I think it just goes back to the beginning of the season when we knew expansion was coming. Buffalo's got it pretty easy when it comes to expansion. Uh, I guess the, the thing is that Allmark threw a wrench into it because ideally you thought you were putting Molson, Bogosian, Ennis, and Georges on there and saying, take one. Good luck, yeah. Yeah, but uh, it didn't kind of work out that way. But, he, I mean, either way, uh, you're getting out pretty easy. Um, Best-case scenario, they're moving a, a slower pick to get rid of a contract, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. All right, welcome back to episode 51 of Beyond the Blade here on the Hockey Writers Podcast channel and Grand Stand Sports Network. So there are other teams that have submitted expansion lists besides just the Sabres. Um, so that did happen. Uh, I think we talked a little bit in the beginning of the podcast here. There's a, there's a lot of interesting names out there. So let me let me run down this list. Of, I'll start with forwards um, of interesting guys, and we'll talk about maybe with some guys that make sense for the Sabres. Uh, I'll start with Marcheseau, who's extremely interesting that Florida would expose him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Stahl, James Neal, Ryan Strom, Michael Grabner, Jordan Wheel, Carl Hagelin, Neil Yakupov, Marco Dano, um, Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, Yoli Lathera. Uh, those are some guys on the forward side of things. Oh, William Carlson, too, out of Columbus. Uh, defenseman, Botnan, Manson, Jason Demers, which is, again, surprising from Florida. Um, McNabb, uh, good friend Braden McNabb. Uh, everyone thought that, that was the worst trade of all time. Oh, look at that, he's exposed. <laughs> uh, Matt Dumba, Calvin DeHaan, Hickey, Clem Denning, Clayson, Chris Weidman, Schlemko, Schmidt, Tobias, Enstrom, Xavier Ule. And then if you want it for goaltenders, Mirazek, Lalongo, Ranta, Fleury, Grubauer, Arendelle. That's really on the goaltending side. 
They definitely a lot of – I mean, I, I if, Vegas, if Vegas alone – Linus Homer, yeah. <laughs> if, if Vegas alone just didn't do any side deals and just took the guys that are available to them, they, they could be a really good team next year. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? Yeah, yeah. I just uh... – it's pretty wild. I, I was thinking about that the other day. I was going back and forth with somebody on Twitter, and it kind of hit me that, yeah, you got to deal with all these other teams. We also got to make it worth it for Vegas, not just to be like, I'm going to keep this guy. Right. Uh, especially a guy like Dumba or Vodnin or Manson. Like, yeah. Any of the three of them. I mean, if you could even have two of them as your top pair going in, I mean, Vegas could have a, a better decor than half the NHL. And yeah. That's just coming right out of expansion. So. I mean, it's pretty wild. Uh, like you said, if Vegas stood put and kind of just really just picked players, uh, they could have a really good defense, a really good goaltending group, and nobody would ever score. But uh, for the I most mean, part. It, I mean, the thing is, though, you know, you, you look at all these side deals they're doing, and, you know, I'll take the Islanders one, which is the one that was most recently reported uh, prior to us coming on, is Islanders would trade 15 overall to Vegas to have them take – uh, Mikhail Grabowski's contract and then basically lay off all the guys thinking then like pick like Nikolai Kuhlman or something like that. But like, I don't know if I'm George McPhee, like, I don't know, is, is the 15th overall pick really worth not picking Kelvin DeHaan or Hickey or Josh Bailey or Brock Nelson? Like they went, know, are... they went five D too. Right. Which is crazy. Right. They went five um, D and still expose Hickey and, and DeHaan. DeHaan right? Yeah. It's so I, I don't like is is that worth it? Like is the guy you're gonna get at fifteenth overall better than those guys are right now? I mean that's, that's what he's weighing right now, isn't it? So I mean I think he said what nine o'clock tonight, so an hour ago he was done making trades. Well nine o'clock uh, Pacific, so midnight our time. Okay. So he still has two hours, but yeah. I'm pretty sure he basically knows exactly what he's doing at this point. Uh I'm thinking that there probably isn't too many others, but I mean, yeah, it's it's kind of what he's got to look at and probably what he's been weighing for quite some time now is, yeah, 15 overall. But like you said, it, with <laughs> with who they're exposing, like, don't I just say thanks, Garth Snow, and kind of take my guy and leave? Uh, yeah. I don't know that I don't, I guess, is, right. is kind of what I'm getting at here. It, I mean, I guess it, it it comes down to what else you're getting. I mean, if you have two, three other first-round picks on top of your six overall, uh, that kind of makes your number 15 not as valuable because you can, you know, take four other guys yeah. in the draft. So if there's like, you know, two or three maybe in the first round that you really like, you've got way more than enough ammo to go get those two or three guys yep. uh, and, and just pick other guys that you like off of unprotected lists and, and be on your way. Um, so, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's going to be interesting, that's for sure, uh, kind of what he does and, and the, at least to see the whole scope kind of – yeah, uh, what uh, what he was, you know, I, I don't know. He's like bored of like pins and pictures yep. and everything. And yep. we'll kind of get that picture coming up here in the next couple of days. Hopefully yeah, there's some leaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've been pretty tight-lipped, but uh, the NHL fun police made sure there was no fun before the teams came out. That's, that's for sure. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I had this hard time. Like, if I'm McPhee and I'm seeing this list that, I understand when it built to the draft, but I mean, there's, it's not like you're going to get old veterans. I mean, you're Vatanen, who's low twenties, Manson, low twenties, Dumba, Dehan, Carlson, Hickey, Marcheseau, all these guys, Nelson and Bailey. I mean, Tobias Enstrom. There's all guys who are, who are younger, good hockey players. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like, you know, 
Especially in this year's draft where it's – I'm sure not all the first-round picks you're going to get are not going to be this year. There'll be some for 2018. But in this year's draft, I mean, I don't – the Blue Jackets pick at 24, I don't know. Okay, you'll get a guy who's going to be here in four years, three years. You know, if, if even at 15, you're going to get a guy who's going to come up in two or three years. He's not going to – maybe that's what he wants. But, you know, I, I think you're passing up the opportunity to have a guy like Vatten on your team who can – who can be productive now and then be productive in four and five years and still be on your team. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that's the hard part of it all, but I don't know. I, I guess that's why he's, he's the guy running the show right now. And he's really only one in the league for the next uh, 48 hours here, actually the next, what, three hours, like you said. So beyond that, it, it's, it's kind of over. And the crazy thing that we talked about yesterday, we were texting back and forth is, I feel bad for some of these GMs like Minnesota could have, I don't know, let's say Buffalo calling him and say, hey, man, Matt Dumba, you pick him for me, I'll give you this. McPhee can call Minnesota and goes, hey, Buffalo said if I pick Minnesota, if I pick Dumba, they'll give me this. Can you like – and then you have GMs who are bidding against their own guys like they already – it's crazy. It's a crazy yeah. scene. I mean, unfortunately, there's two things on that, and it's uh, – it sounds like McPhee is kind of – he said he wants to build through the draft, but it, he he's making it sound like he's taking like all these terrible contracts that he can kind of just ride out these terrible contracts for two three years, and then all of a sudden right. all of his draft picks will be ready. And I mean, I I don't know that's the case, so I, I kind of don't know what he's getting at with that. Yeah, like he's taking uh, Clarkson, who will never play again. He's going to take a boss right. who might not play gun concussion issues. Right, right, yeah. So guys like that, and then number two to this is, I feel like that's kind of why you had a dud. Uh, at the end of the expansion free period, I guess you could say, right. is because I think all these teams just made deals with Vegas and Vegas was willing to make all these deals that they didn't have to ship guys out. So Anaheim, who exposed probably like four really good guys, can just throw them a first-round pick and say, don't, don't touch any of them. Right. Uh, if Vegas says yes to that, I mean, Anaheim, they don't get out scot-free, but they get out a lot easier than shipping, you know, Vatten into somewhere. Yeah, I mean, can, I mean it, it's crazy to think about that Anaheim could realistically go in next season with the same defense they had this year when nobody thought that was possible. Like, they could, they just it, – it's crazy. Well, that's what I mean, though. It, it kind of gets to the point of it's going to be really interesting to see what Vegas does here because, yeah, I'm excited about Vegas, and I think I'm more excited about just the idea of Vegas, like what they were right. able to be. Right. What they were able to do this offseason, all the deals that they were to, able to talk about and kind of ponder. But I, they could miss. They could miss on a lot here. If you're really taking a first-round pick to say, all right, I'm not going to touch these guys from Anaheim, instead of just taking a Manson or a Botanin, yeah, I think you're going to look pretty foolish in two or three years. Uh, I mean, and then guy, the Anaheim pick, that's going to be, what, 28, 27 next year? I mean, it's not like it's, like it's a high first-round pick, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, I just – if if all these rumors are true about the first round picks for literally like not touching three to four guys, I just don't know the values there. Um, so I wonder how McPhee's going to handle that. And I think that's kind of the most interesting thing for me uh, coming up here in the next two days is to see where his value lied. Because if if he really stuck to this build through the draft mantra, I think his value chart is way off. Uh, yeah. For at least for what we're seeing with these expansion lists, and, and maybe it's a detriment to him that these get exposed because, I mean, yeah, it's nice and you look pretty cool if you got five first round picks. But like you said, if you're not going to see him for three years, and and all these NHL teams walk away with with all their guys still intact, 
Yeah. I don't know how you're helping yourself too much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. So I'll ask you, is there maybe one or two guys that you mm-hmm. think the Sabres should call here? Yeah. I mean, for me, I tweeted out on BTB almost immediately. Uh, Dumba. I mean, I'm yeah. calling, I'm calling right away. If I, if I can have Ristolainen and McNabb and then whatever, Bogosian and Dumba as my top four pair, um, that's two defensive pairings immediately that every single uh, forward line playing against them has to keep their head up because yeah. McCabe is now showing that he can hit. He let, he laid out line a, he was starting to really hit guys, especially there at the end of the season. Uh, he's starting to become a lot more physical and that's all Dumba does, baby. He's yep. just going to, you don't keep your head up across the middle. He is laying you out. So, I mean, if you could have two guys that do that on two different lines, that makes it really, really hard to play against, especially coming across the middle. Uh, if you're not paying attention, you're going to get lit up and players are going to take notice uh, that, that Buffalo would be a hard team to play against. So, I mean, for Dumba's sake, <laughs> I might be able to, I might go a little crazy because obviously you you have to fight. You know, Minnesota trying to keep him, Vegas wanting yeah. to take him, maybe other teams. But, I mean, I'd be willing to give up, I don't know, Kane a second, a prospect, maybe a little more yeah. uh, to, to get a guy like Dumba. And if you're able to pull something like that off, uh, you are you went from one of the worst defenses in the league to not worrying about your defense for the next five yeah. years. Because you have a lot of guys who can skate on that defense too. I mean, you add Gooley and oh, yeah. Bolu and even don't forget about Antipin in that group. I mean, that's – you have a whole lot of guys in that defense you can skate all of a sudden. Yeah, so I, I, when I see this list, I mean, obviously, yes, the Anaheim guys, but uh, I think Dumbo was the surprise, so that's kind of why he jumped off to me. Like, I kind of knew Mason and or Vatanen were going to be unprotected and that they were going to try and swing something to, uh, to make sure they're not touched. But uh, for, the, for Dumbo to be out there, I, th- I think that was the one that I just look at it. And <laughs> for, for a team that went into this offseason – really struggling and, and everyone freaking out about the defense. I guess maybe this is the, the one move that, that I do wish Murray was still around because yeah. that's, that's a, I got to win next year. I'm going to pull the trigger kind of trade. And, yep. and that would have been pretty crazy to see. Yeah. I mean, even behind, beyond him, I mean, there's, you know, I, I like Calvin DeHaan a lot. I think he can be a good guy and he's probably cheaper than Dumba. Uh, even Hickey's other guy on the Islanders that, you know, I, I think he's better than Hamannick who might get end up getting moved in the day here. Um, so he's another guy that I would look at. And then I, I don't, I think, you know, Tobias Antrim isn't the same player that he was, but again, he's a puck mover. He's a good skater. So maybe he's a guy you can think about too. I will say about Antrim real quick is that he was one of the top Winnipeg prospects until their prospect pool got really deep. Yeah. So I, I think he still is a really good guy. I think there's just a lot of, you know, good, good defensemen that have kind of jumped him. Like, you know, and once you get Bufflin and Morrissey's coming up, and he's a really good prospect. Truba. Truba stayed. So, yeah, yeah. I, I think it was kind of just a, a matter of a good prospect being jumped by just better prospects because they had those picks. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what's going <laughs> to happen here. I mean, it, it's really a lot of it. A lot more is up in the air than I thought there would be. Now, I'll, I'll say that. You know, I, I keep going back to it. I mean, these – his list of players that are available is not at all what I expected a month ago, two weeks ago. I mean, it's, it's really crazy. The talent that is out there. And, you know, part of me believes if I mean, I put myself in McPhee's shoes, if I'm McPhee, I'm going, forget these side deals. I'm just going to pick these guys. And, you know, yeah, so, I, I will say this. If, if we get to, 
two days from now and he doesn't have trades with at least a third of the league, yeah, I'm going to be pretty upset. Yeah, and there should be some people. I know they just got a hockey team. But there should be some people in Vegas who are pretty upset too because there's a lot of good talent he's, he's going to be passing on. And then I think, you know, where I want to kind of end the whole discussion here is um, I guess what I'm looking for is letdown. You know, they, they said it was going to be the busiest offseason in the NHL history there, Bill. And uh, you got two trades before the roster freeze. And if Minnesota and the Islanders and Anaheim gets away with not losing another defenseman, then, well, there goes all that. I guess now we're just at a normal offseason again. Yeah, I guess I would say it's maybe the busiest offseason for one team. Yeah, right. <laughs> Trade-wise, uh, I, I could see Vegas making, you know, 10-plus trades yeah. uh, to get picks. But, I mean, other than that, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, a dud there at the – right before expansion, uh, the shutdown or freeze or whatever. So, I mean – the Sabres picked up a defenseman at least. Uh, he'll be a, a good fit, especially for the value. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, there's there's a lot of good guys out there. I wonder if – the problem is that you can only pick one. Uh, right. So I think that's kind of where if I was to go off on a little bit of fantasy land here, I was thinking maybe just asking, like, if you give up a second, who would you try and get? Like, I'm, it, with that, I'm thinking about, like, the, all the Blues guys that were, you know, available. Yeah. But yeah. – Again, at the same time, you got to remember, <laughs> Vegas needs to ice the team too. So there's yeah. there's a lot of good guys that can only pick one, and, and they got to put a team on the, the ice as well. So they can't do too much of that. Yeah, I mean, Nate Schmidt's another guy that started at the bottom of my list that was on the next page I missed. I mean, he's another interesting guy out of Washington that, I mean, the kid can fly, and he brings an offensive flair. I mean, we saw a little bit of that against Pittsburgh uh, when they finally inserted him into the lineup and against uh, Ottawa too when they inserted him in. So he's another guy that, you know, if I'm McPhee and I'm looking at Schmidt or Grubauer, I mean, that's maybe that's a kind of a carrier situation we're seeing there in Washington. They're like, all right, don't touch Grubauer, which I think is crazy because you have Holpe, but whatever. And maybe they say take Nate Schmidt instead, which again, it's crazy. You're going to lose all's in there. <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't whatever. That's yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can go get another one anywhere. You can go <laughs> get another one somewhere else. You, yeah. you have Brandon, Brandon Holpe. He was a really good goaltender. Why are you that worried about your backup goaltender? I agree. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Some jams I, I think in this league, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I was gonna say, I think it's just a lot of a lot of teams kind of over, uh, over got not excited, but panic a little bit maybe. Over worried, oh, yeah. yeah. Over worried is what I was looking for. Is just that they're like, oh my god, I can't lose this guy. So here, here's a first or a second. Yeah, Vegas is just like. Really? All right. Yeah. Or here, to, to, you, take take this guy instead of taking this yeah. guy. And they're like, are you sure? And yeah. Like, yeah, 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 just I'll just take him. And then like, like at the end of the day, you're like, well, actually, maybe that wasn't the best idea. Cause... Right. Yeah. I think you'll, you'll see a little bit on both ends. I think you'll see uh, Vegas make some good moves where the, the team, you're going to be wondering what they were doing. And then on the other end, uh, Vegas probably could have done a little more or done a little yeah. less than taken a little more. Yeah. And uh, made out a little bit better than they, they will a couple days here so and that kind of puts a wrap on episode 51 here uh covered the expansion not only for the sabers for the entire nhl uh we talked with nick guido so thank you to nick for coming on again and giving us an insight on new sabers defenseman nathan Beaulieu, and kind of try to give us an insight exactly what's going on in montreal uh so as bill likes to say time to do the uh to run down here so uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at BTB Hockey. Uh, I just put out, if you want to look at it before 
these guys draft on Wednesday. Um, I just did a mock draft that we put out on Beyond the Blade. Um, I did two teams, actually. I did one, like I'm talking about, if I'm McPhee, just picking the best player available. Another one where I took into account some side deals here and there and try to make things work that way. So check that out. Uh, you can subscribe, rate, share on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, Hockey Writers Podcast channel. And you've heard me mention it a few times now is the Grandstand Sports Network. Uh, that is a new venture I am going to be starting up here very soon. Uh, it's not full launch yet, but stay tuned for that because there are some pretty cool things coming with that. So this is more of a little, a little tease for that. And lastly, uh, make sure you are following our excellent partners at Cover One. Um, mini camp just wrapped up. Training camp is about a month away, so they are in full go. Uh, I was talking to Eric today. He has some really cool projects coming up with some of his guys there. Um, so that's pretty cool. Look out for that. Uh, Nate Geary might have a cool thing coming out too. Um, on Cover One, I saw a little bit of a glimpse of that today too. So definitely look into that at coverone.net. Uh, beyond that, Bill, um, I don't know. I think that really put a, puts a wrap on it. We might be getting back together here soon, but uh, we still got to hash out the details on that. So stay hey. tuned for that little tease, what could be happening here pretty soon. Yeah, there's uh, some some exciting things kind of coming up. So yeah, we'll see if we can get together and maybe go live. But uh, yeah, I guess the last thing I would say, don't forget about the uh, UFA RFAs. They can go that route. I don't know how much they will go that route because if Very I'm true. Vegas, uh, I'll probably just wait and test my luck July 1st. Yep. But uh, don't forget, just in case, something yep. about Russell came out. So yeah, just want to remind everybody. But yeah, other than that, um, jerseys tomorrow. Yes. And then we have the award show that no one really cares about. So it's the Vegas show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sprinkling it throughout so that you have to watch the whole dang thing. Yep. In reverse, what are the standings those who didn't see? So Colorado will go first, and the Sabres will end up being, what were they, sixth worst team? So they'll be yeah. – They'll be the sixth team revealed. So I don't know, probably I would say I guess you would say early in the show. There's 30 teams I gotta get in there. So early in the yeah. show we will probably so for Sabres fans, it may be able to jump out unless you want to see the full team. Yeah, I still wonder well, yeah. I still wonder how they're gonna do like the trades. If it's just like Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they like, all right, they take Will Carrier, but they traded second for Pamela. <laughs> Right for future considerations. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know how, I don't know how that's going to work, but so that that'll at least be interesting to see. Um, <laughs> maybe they just go through who was picked on each team and then rattle twelve trades off at the end. <laughs> yeah, uh, maybe. Who knows? Just put up a but, screenshot. Okay, here are the other trades that we didn't show you about, and then like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Knowing them when you're in Vegas, and it could be really cool, and I'm sure yeah. you could do something casino e to show who's taken on each team, but yeah. It's the NHL, so here we are. We'll, let's put a screenshot up, and that'll be the end of it. Uh, yeah. It'll just be like, who is taken? And I'm sure, like, the rest of the players will dissolve. And Yeah, exactly. That'll be the one. <laughs> All right, so uh, for Chillin' Bad – or Chillin' Bad, wow. For <laughs> Bill and Chad uh, – <laughs> I'll do that combination of names right there. Uh, we are going to be out of here this week. Thank you very much for listening to Episode 51. Make sure, like I said, you're interacting with us on Twitter, Facebook however you want to. Um, and then, yeah, maybe, like I said, we'll be talking to you very soon again here. We shall see there, Bill. We shall see. Three days in a row. Jersey's expansion draft. Yes, sir. Should there be a lot go. of fun. Should be exciting. Hopefully it's not a dud like it's been up to this point. So hopefully we'll get some excitement around here. 
hopefully it's the last time I have to complain about Matt Molson. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it'll be a good mood to be talking again. So we'll see about that. <laughs> We're really depressed. So we'll, I guess we'll, we'll that'll, 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 people can come on back for that one. <laughs> uh, so we will talk to you very soon here. Thanks very much for listening and enjoy the expansion draft. See ya. See ya.